ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wasted Takes, episode 52, The Wasties. We made it a year, gentlemen, and um, I ask that before we start the show, we uh, rise for we rise for the uh, Wasted Takes uh, mission statement, please. A few guys from Massachusetts with some logical and ludicrous sports takes, but no one to hear them. Now we are delivering our otherwise wasted takes while getting wasted. Let's get wasted. Cheers. Cheers. Alrighty. So, a year. A year in, and uh, we've done it. Um, while our listening base is less than when we started, um, I feel like we've had a lot of growth as a podcast. Um, I wanted to go through each of you. And give give what I love about your podcasting uh, skills. Uh, let me start with Cam. Cam puts the name Waste Takes to good to good measure. He he comes with takes that are just so outlandish and crazy that they are some of the best takes we've ever had. You think of the ball drop take, which is nominated tonight. Um, you think of the Donald Trump buys the Mets take. You think of the Dave Portnoy buys the Mets take. Um, we've got a ton of takes from Cam that that have been wasted, and he's truly lived up to the name of the show. To Tucker, Tucker, you know, going back to these takes looking for your for awards, your takes have been soft, I'll say that, <laughs> but you're consistent. You've come out and you've done well in your polls. Um, you really ran us out of the building in quarantine, so i got to give you props to that. Credit to you here, to you, sir. Dylan, um, what can I say? You've made the most growth. Uh, we came in this first show. You had no idea what you were talking about, and uh, here we are. You're, you're given logical takes every week. Uh, sometimes they get a little off the rails, but, you know, I love it. So I'm uh, happy to be here a year later, and we've got some awards to give out tonight. So let's start that up right now. Now, these awards have been voted on both by our listeners and decided on by the Wasted Takers themselves. Um, so we're going to start it off with the namesake of the show, the Wastedest Take of the Year Award. Um, I'm going to ask that we have our presenter come up. That would be the Honorable Dylan Benham. Dylan? It's an honor to be here today to deliver this uh, award. <clears throat> the wastedest take. You know, this goes to the person who has, uh, you know, said the wastedest take. Here we go. Our nominees. We have Trey Good Coach D1 Football. Woo! No hair equals a grittier player. Strip club in the NBA bubble. Yeah! And ball won't drop. New York City. <laughs> and the winner goes to a ball won't drop in New York. That was Cam Abderholm. The wasted his take. Thanks, Thanks, Dylan. Thanks. Um, I'm humbled and I'm honored, but I'm not shocked. I'm not. Um, when I came up with this take, I don't remember where I was. I don't remember what I was doing. All I remember was that I wanted to make a name for myself in some way, shape, or form. Um, and I did that, I think. You know, whether it happened or not, it uh, it was really a statement of the show. It was mentioned in several episodes. It was referred to, um, you know, any sort of crazy take we referred to, that's a ball drop take. Uh, so coming up here tonight, I expected to win this one, and I came out here and did just that. The listeners, they knew uh, what I was saying. You know, if this actually happened, the ball, the ball did... Uh, in fact, not drop. It would have yes. been 
would have been great. But, um, you know, I'll take second place. It's not going to be a take I'll come through with again next year because I'm not that kind of guy. But, um, you know, nevertheless, I'm, I'm really excited to receive this. Um, so thank you to all the listeners uh, believing in me and believing that the ball wouldn't drop with me. Wasty. There is an ice in that award, Cam. Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't call it a wasted take for nothing, huh? All right. It's <laughs> a lot of dead air, folks. <laughs> That's been sitting out for a while now. Oh, that one. <laughs> Wasn't great? <laughs> All right, the next uh, presenter. Um, I'm going to pass this one off. To myself. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. This uh, this award is going to go to the worst take of the year. Um, we did some digging. We had some an analytics come through and kind of went through all of our takes. Which going forward, I think we're actually going to start keeping track track of um, you know weekly. But that being said, here are your nominees. Number one. Jarrett Stidham will be a top 10 quarterback. <laughs> okay. The NFL season will be canceled. I don't think so. Cam Newton is the most talented QB in Patriots franchise history. Sure. And then finally, Joe Burrow will lead the Bengals to the playoffs. Bengals are playing tonight. Joe Burrow will not be in attendance I don't think. Um, I am proud to present the winner by a landslide to Tucker McNinch with uh, Cam Newton is the most talented quarterback in Patriots franchise history. Thank you very much for this uh, piece of tinfoil award. means a lot to me. Um, when I said that take uh, came from a place of hope, of uh, dreams, which I believe is an important cornerstone of wasted takes, is believing in things regardless of how ridiculous they are. I'm trying to convince myself into it. I don't regret anything that I've said on this podcast. Still not 100% sure that's not true in terms of physical talent. But thank you, and I am humbled and honored to receive this award. And on to the next award, which is the take of the year. This is the single best take of the entire year. First off, Pat's 19 finale was Brady's last home game, said by Trey in December of 2019. We had no idea the future of the Patriots at the time. An incredible take, given the scenario. The next take was Heat and Bucks will play in the playoffs, and the Bucks will lose to the Heat. This take came before the playoffs and was not that impressive, but the most impressive I had. <laughs> um, thirdly, Alex Smith will lead Washington to the playoffs. Coming at the time, Washington was the worst team in the NFC East by a long shot. Alex Smith was currently their third-string quarterback, so... The fact that this actually is probably going to happen is absolutely absurd. And lastly, the Olympics will be canceled due to COVID. This was said in early March, right at the beginning of the COVID, when it was two weeks to slow the spread. And the award for take of the year goes to 
Dylan Bannon's Olympics canceled due to COVID. Now, I will start this off by saying COVID sucks, and I'm not happy that I won this award. But it is true that I did say it back in early March. <laughs> and, you know, I come to the show every week. I try to bring my best. My comrades, they push me to make better takes every week. And although I don't have the most wasted take points out of everybody here, I do have the best. To the best. Oh, am I up? Am I still going? No, who's next? And I don't know who's up. Trey, you're up. Guest of the year. All righty. Uh, that gets through the first portion of our award ceremony, the take-related awards. Congratulations to all our winners. Um, if our audience members had any sense of, you know, sports or not any knowledge, they would have voted me for one award. But like I've said throughout this show, our listeners are nitwits, essentially. So it, it's up to me to give out guest of the year. Uh, what? Who is the listener that came on and gave their best performance? It's a hotly contested award. We had a lot of guest hosts in this year. Um, some more wasted than others. I'm looking at you, Mike. Um, so I'll start off with our nominees. Now, Ben Herrick. Ben Herrick came up big for this podcast when we were in a spot where Cam couldn't show up again. It was a frequent reoccurring theme, um, whether it was going to basketball games or just didn't feel like coming on. Cam couldn't be here. So Cam, so Ben came in and gave a great waste to take about Giannis. Didn't end up coming true, but I believed it at the time. So uh, Ben Herrick, the first nominee. The next nominee, Linnea Mylot. Mylot? Is that how you say your last name? Yep. Mylot. Um, Linnea Mylot. Uh, ben Herrick is in the audience tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you'll give it up for him. <laughs> Could be coming up for a award here, Ben. Um, Linnea came on. Uh, she, she tagged along. She's a big listener. She listened over in Italy when she was there before the pandemic broke out. Um, she came on and gave a great ways to take about hockey players being the best drinkers in sports. Now, how a podcast called Wasted Takes about sports didn't come up with something like that before. I don't know, but great take. The next we have Al Poliak, Lindsay Poliak's father, Cam's uh, girlfriend's father, came on and went in-depth on the Redskins. Now, he said the Redskins were going to win the NFC East this year. Nobody bought it. Everybody thought he was a, just a homer and a joker, but here we sit where the Redskins may actually do that. Um, incredibly well-given take, had an excellent shirt on at the time that I don't think I can mention on Instagram Live. Um, so Al, you are nominated. Uh, our next guest, Connor McNinch. Connor came on and gave one of the most controversial takes in Ways to Takes history, talking about the homosexuality of sports. Um, <laughs> I don't want to touch on it too much. It's a great episode if you go listen. Hold on, my producer's in my ear. Uh, Connor is in the Connor's chat saying it's Connor, homophobic if you don't. Get Connor's it. in the chat. Um, <laughs> Connor, good. Your best of luck. You. <laughs> it's an honor to be nominated, Connor. Um, just keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> so Connor McNinch, nominated guest of the year. Our next guest, Brooke Williams. Brooke Williams, our first guest on the show, came on and gave a terrible take. He gave two sentences about how Cowboy Cerrone was going to sleep Connor McGregor in the first round. Uh, he got bashed in the nose and was done in five seconds. So Brooke, uh, it's an honor to be nominated as well. Um, finally, Michael Hurley. Now Michael Hurley put on a show when he came on this podcast. He's about two bottles of tequila deep. Ended up leaving the podcast early. Um, gave I don't remember what his first ways to take was, but it was one of the softest takes in the world. It was like, the Patriots are good. good. <laughs> um, so, Mike, you are nominated. Uh, 
you put the wasted and wasted takes this year for all of our guest hosts, and that only, wasn't good enough. Only guest hosts to throw up. Only guest hosts to throw up. Um, that's noted. Um, so, <laughs> to all our, our nominees, uh, congratulations. Um, all right. So, the winner of Guest of the Year, prestigious award, is Al Poliak. Al came on and put on a clinic. He couldn't be here to accept this tonight. Uh, I will accept it on his behalf. Um, the man saw the... Uh, the the uh, what's the word? I'm I'm just flustered by this award. He saw the promise in the Redskins before anybody else did. He stuck with his team. He believed in Riverboat Riverboat Ron, and look where they are now. Potential playoff berth. Congratulations, Al. Keep those shirts coming. We love those. And uh, guest of the year. Alrighty. Uh, to announce listener of the year, I will ask my cousin. Tucker to come up and uh, read off the nominees, say something nice about them, and uh, give out the award. Hello. Of course, Wasted Takes would not be what it is without our loyal listeners, all of them. Every single one is important to us. Oh, we goodness. value all equally, especially the ones that sometimes even listen to the podcast. Um, for Listener of the Year, we had a large selection of listeners to pick from, but we picked our four <laughs> favorite listeners. Number one on the list is Simon Borat. Simon, great listener of the podcast, always spoke up to us about what he wanted. Haven't gotten him on the pod yet, but maybe year two will be the time. Maybe do one from his bar, basement bar. Can't wait to have him on the pod maybe one day. Second off, Marge Perot, great listener. The only listener in Ways It Takes History to actually tell us when we forgot to post a podcast, which... Maybe that makes her the most loyal listener. I'm not sure. We'll find out in a minute. Third is Ben Herrick. Also, again in the audience tonight, up for his second award of the night. Congratulations. Yeah, Ben! Woohoo! Ben was our most vocal listener by far. Um, gave us the tough criticisms when we needed it, and also was a guest at one point, which separates him from the rest of this list. And our fourth was John McNinch. I don't believe he's missed an entire episode in this entire time that we've been recording. Always see and listening to it. Always hates our takes. Uh, so thank you to John McNinch. And the winner for Listener of the Year is Marge Perot. Congratulations. Marge is a loyal listener. Me and Dylan both know her personally from when she worked with our mothers. <laughs> but uh, Marge has been our most loyal listener, always telling me that I for that we forgot to put up the podcast when no one else has told us, especially ourselves. Uh, so congratulations to Marge on this award. Mm. I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. Trey, next. Oh, wait, no, 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 I am. I oh, am. okay. Oh, yeah. Shit. Alrighty. Um, so, if you don't remember, we had... <laughs> Some segments um, in this year uh, during quarantine that we had to improvise. So uh, this award is Best Picture. We're cooking the Oscars. We're taking Best Picture. Now, we had several nominees for Best Picture. We gave it a score system. We looked at the ranking of the scores. Uh, I'll tell you right now, our best-ranked movies were Titanic at an 8-8, Jaws at a 9-1, Ocean's Eleven at a 9-1, and um, Shutter Island at a 9 and Bagger Vance, Legend of Bagger Vance at an 8-6. Now, uh, we have a tie between Ocean's Eleven and Jaws, but we as a podcast decided that we are going to award Best Picture to Ocean's Eleven. Uh, I will accept this on behalf of Brad Pitt, uh, George, George Clooney, Clooney um, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Matt Damon Bernie Gardner. Mac, 
Jennifer Garner's no, name? J- Julia Roberts. Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. <laughs> Julia Roberts. Um, the little the little guy that climbs in the vents. He's pretty cool. Yep. The guy from Hawaii Five O. The guy from Hawaii Five O. That Tucker said that nobody knew who he was. Um, so I accept this award on their behalf. Um, our next award is uh, worst segment award. We're gonna invite up Cam to deliver that one. Hi guys, how we doing? Um, it's nice being back up here. Uh, first off, just wanted to congratulate all the nominees and winners, of course. But on to Worst Segment Award. So we had a couple of segments this year that we tried out. None of them really uh, stuck, you could say. Uh, here are the nominees. First one was Trivia Night. It was a one-and-done one kind of deal. Uh, my idea... Thought maybe, you know, during this quarantine, we didn't have much to talk about. We could get on the trivia. I thought it was it was pretty fun even just asking the questions. But, um, you know, it's up there for the worst segment. Second was Forbidden Topic. It was something we stayed true to at the beginning. Um, but at the end of the day, there shouldn't be anything that is forbidden. So I feel like maybe we were limiting ourselves, and that's why it's up for worst segment. Uh, this Day in History. Uh, Dylan came up with this segment and to be quite frank, it was, it was not prepared well and (laughs) we maybe did it three times and the history just wasn't that interesting. Worst segment. Um, and then finally the final round, um, just, you know, something to end it off with that, you know, was different from sports that we kind of, you know, did to pass the time. It was very unorganized and something that, you know, just didn't really fit in with the culture of the podcast. Shout out to the motorcycle clock here. So you probably heard mid-episode the motorcycle clock go off on every hour. Um, That's that's what that is. So that's pretty infamous. Anyway, the winner of Worst Segment Award goes to Trivia Night. Um, Like I said, this this was my idea. Um, I thought it was fun at the time. I think the, the people that were answering the questions thought it was fun. But at the end of the day, you know, it might not be too fun for the audience listening. I don't know. There's a lot of trivia shows out there like Jeopardy people seem to enjoy. So I'm not a big fan of this winning, but uh, it sure did. And you're just going to have to live with that. So um, last but certainly not least, we're going to have to go to the taker of the year. Uh, this is... You know, something that Trey, who is going to be presenting, can explain a little bit further. But uh, without further ado, Taker of the Year nominations go for it. Alrighty. Biggest award of the night, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this goes to the person who voted on by our fans, gave the best takes week in and week out. Now, um, we started the show off, we didn't have a plan for fan interaction. Um, we figured out a little way through, like, let's get the fans involved. Let's get the listeners involved. So what we did is we took down our takes. We put them on Twitter for the people to vote on. Um, I started hot myself, um, and came out with some great takes to start it, um, and took an early lead. Dylan struggled at the beginning. He struggled in the middle and he struggled at the end, (laughs) but he won some takes and he's nominated tonight. Cameron, like I said, most wasted takes you could think of. Um, got the attention of the people, um, but when he came up with a legitimate sports take, it stuck, and people liked it. Um, Cameron did very well in wasted takes of the week. And finally, we have Tucker. Tucker started as slow as Dylan, 
But when, then quarantine hit, and Tucker's mind just started going into a frenzy. Um, he won, I don't know how many straight poles, and uh, pulled away with a big lead, but we were able to close that gap at the end. So we had a contentious race for take of the year. Now the nominees are all of our podcasters, myself, Cameron, Tucker, and Dylan. So I will uh, start this off by saying, Dylan, you did not win. <laughs> finished off with six points. No, um, no way. Only six? Only six points for Dylan. Um, had some of the, the... The thing about t- Dylan's takes where they were... He oftentimes didn't have a take coming in. He had to think of one on the spot. But when he thought of a good one, he thought of beauties. Some of Dylan's best takes that weren't nominated tonight. You think of the Tom Brady Messiah take. Wherever Tom Brady goes, they win. Dylan gave that take, and not a week later, it was blowing up on Twitter. Um, so, Dylan, props to you. you. You did your best. Our uh, third place would be me. I'm the king of the panda pick. I will openly admit that. Um, when people started to figure out what I was doing, I lost votes. And then I, I, I you know, I, I'm all about trying to come up with the hottest takes I can. You know, something that makes sense, that people might not like, that will shock the world. Um, so I, I did that and, you know, it didn't work out for me. So at the end of the year, I had to start just giving cruddy takes that the people at home that don't listen to the podcast would vote for. So that's what I did. If anybody listened to this podcast and listened to my, to my brain work in action, I'd have much more votes. So that leaves us Tucker and Cam. Did Tucker's lead hold up? Did Cam's wasted takes close the gap in the end? The winner of Taker of the Year goes to Tucker McNinch with 14 wasted takes overall. This is an honor to receive. Obviously, during this podcast, the goal was to have the best takes. And apparently, I had them week in, week out. COVID did great for me. I had plenty of times to think out my takes, came out with some beauties. I think I went on a six wins, six takes in a row streak. Made that number up off the top of my head, but it sounds right. Uh, but this is an honor for me, honestly. This is probably one of the most prestigious awards I've ever gotten in my entire life. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, to bring home this trophy, it will be on the center of my mantle. So thank you all. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you everyone that voted on the polls, and thank you to my fellow podcasters that le- raise the level of competition on a daily basis. What a night. What a night. What an award ceremony. Congratulations to all our winners. Again, I didn't win anything. I'm the only one who didn't win anything. <laughs> um, thank you to our live studio audience. You've been fantastic. Let's give a hand for our live studio audience. Two people, COVID safe. COVID safe. Um, that wraps up the awards portion of our show. Uh, we're, you know, uh, happy to listen to any feedback you guys got. If you guys got more awards for next year, we plan to be doing this year from now, boys. A resounding one nod from from our podcasters. Um, we all have jobs, bro. This is crazy. Jobs. No, only two of us live here now, but you know, uh, just to sum it all up, uh, it's been fun, gentlemen. Um, you know, we don't do this for clout or listeners or to get our sports takes out there. We just like to sit with the boys and talk sports for an hour a week. Drink um, beer. We drink some beer sometimes. And uh, it's, it's been been fun, gentlemen. So thank you for taking the journey with me. Um, so let's get into our normal show now. 
ways it takes. Um, if you don't have one, come up with one. I'm kind of dropping this on you right now. <laughs> so I'll go because I have one. Um, I said this in a group chat that pissed off a lot of people. Uh, I think everyone was mad at me when I said this. But uh, you all have heard me on this podcast a million times say that Bill Belichick's a terrible GM. And um, with the Patriots being eliminated from the playoffs, I'm looking at this roster and thinking, okay, what are we going to build on for next year? Who are we bringing out? There is not one person on this roster that I'm excited about. I guess the punter. Um, <laughs> but you think of guys like, even the guys that didn't play, like Hightower, who I think is retiring, um, Chung. Um, these guys are getting old. And then you guys, guys that actually play well on the team, McCourty, old. Jason McCourty, old. Um, I mean, Edelman, old. So um, it's time to start building this team. We've got to spend some money. We got to draft right. We got to spend some money. So um, my take is that if the Patriots are still bad in two years, less than 500 bad, it's time to start looking at parting ways with Bill Belichick. I will take your questions and your comments now. Cameron. Yeah. So I'll go first here, and this is a heated discussion that we had in the um, in the group chat, and I think everyone behind me will kind of agree with this. Um, I think this is insane. So I don't know what your um, what your, I don't know, deadline is. I guess you said two years, but what's your guidelines? Like how many wins is... Over 500. I think that's insane. Um, Bill Belichick is top three greatest coaches of all time. Absolutely. Um, and, and the biggest thing here is that in the past 20 years, there's never been a team that you... You know, you you just know that's going to the playoffs every year. And they didn't make it in 08. They're not going to make it this year. But, you know, every year they're in contention. They are going to be good. And obviously Brady's a big factor here. But what do you expect when you raise a guy like Brady for 20 years and then you lose him? You can't just expect to turn around in three years and just build it back up. I do. And, I do because he's the best coach of all time, right? So he should – he's not about losing. He's The whole reason he's still coaching, he's proven everything. The whole reason he's still coaching is to catch Don Shula. And if he doesn't put together a roster that's somewhat decent looking in three years, then he's not going to catch John, Don Shula. I mean, how, how were the Bulls after Michael Jordan left? Not good, but we're not the Bulls. We're supposed to be the Patriots. But Phil, Okay, this is a question for our audience. Was Phil Jackson still the coach? No, he left after 96. Okay, that is my only question. I don't have a comparison. All I'm saying <laughs> is that – all I'm saying – listen, okay, all right. I don't think he can be fired. I, I think he's infireable. The Bulls proceeded to suck for 20 years. Okay. But maybe he won't want to be there anymore. That's different. That's different. You can if look in opposite directions. I didn't leave. say fired in my take. I said you we said need to look, look in opposite ways. directions. Okay, well, listen. Maybe you look if you have some sort of uh, hunch that he's going to leave. But at the end of the day, they're not firing Bill Belichick. He could go eight and eight for the next seven seasons. I don't see them firing him ever. Uh, eight and until, eight's fine. until he decides to leave. That's it. Yeah, Tucker. I think you're an idiot. Um, I think that's the blandest way to put this. This is probably one of the worst takes I've ever heard. You're lucky that the Wasties was just right now because I'm starting the year high. Yeah, I mean, this is already the nom- number one nominee for. Ways to take of the year 2021. Um, what an awful take. 
I don't understand how a guy – he won six Super Bowls for this team. This is his first year ever that he could go less than 500 in his 20 years that he's been – in the last 20 years. And you want to part ways with him. You're Not yet. I'm going to say it. You sound like a spoiled brat. Okay, That's so, the best way to call you. So right here's, now. You kind of sound like a spoiled brat. So here's you have the one difference. bad season and you want to just take it away. I'm not saying I'm firing right now. I said we need to build a roster. Now, um, we have – if it, you, you can be a spoiled fan. If you're, if you're a fan who's willing to rest on their laurels and sit there and be like, you know what, I'm happy we won six championships. I don't care if we win ever again. Um, John, what do you want? Nothing. We just had a surprise to get you through your take. It seems like you're having a hard time. I can be happy we won six. Oh, we won six. We're the greatest. Bill Belichick, he's the man. He's the best coach ever. No. We're about winning the next one. I'm not about the past ten years. Those are in the past for a reason. I'm about the next ten years. The next ten years are, are, are important because we need to reset and be good again. I'm not going to be Cam who has to wait 15 years for his team to have a shot at winning a title in a garbage division. Y'all can't beat us, Super Bowl. After winning a Super Bowl, they stink for 15 years, and then they have maybe a chance at winning a division because everybody else sucks. Dylan? Yeah, Trey, I'm kind of with you on this one. Thank you. All right? Um, I'm often with Trey, but I feel you on this one. You know, we have a winning culture. Absolutely. We're trying to win football games. At the end of the day, Cam's probably right. This man will never leave. But if we start stinking up the joint bottom half of the division year in year out next three four years you got to start to think we got to start to make maybe a move we got to change something i up. agree we don't want to be the team that sits around and just slowly dies off into oblivion and becomes the worst team in nfl history because they never made a change early on so i'm with you to a point thank you all right that's my waste to take who's got one cameron please take the podium Uh, I'll get away from football here for a little bit. I feel like we've had enough. Um, let's go talk about golf a little bit. So there's this man, there's this tournament that was played um, this past week, I believe, the PNC. And Tiger Woods played with his son, Charlie, who's 11 years old. Um, he is is outstanding. He was the talk of the entire the entire tournament. Um, everybody's there, like 40 years old, playing with their dad. Um, you know, VJ Singh playing with his like 20, 30, or whatever year old son. Um, and Tiger comes out and gets like eighth with his 11 year old kid. And Tiger didn't even come close in the Masters. Tiger's still good. No, don't get me wrong. But this kid kind of carried. There were days where he carried Tiger a little bit. He kind of secured an eagle. He was the reason for many birdies. And I'm going to go out here on a limb and say that Charlie Woods will be the youngest player to ever win a Masters. Um, Do you know what that age is? I think Tiger won it at 21. I don't know. I no, I don't. I, I don't know either. <laughs> um, but I think I think Charlie's going to win it probably three years as soon as he becomes a pro and is, is eligible. Um, he looked outstanding. He's got the same moves as Tiger. He's cocky on the course, and I loved it every way, shape, or form. Uh, we've been talking a lot of father-son takes this podcast, but I think this is a great one. Anybody from the audience? 
Uh, yeah, Cam, I actually almost had this be my wasted take of the week. I saw it over the weekend. I mean, when he had that one shot from 150 out where he hit within, like, three feet of the pin, as an 11-year-old, insane. Nuts. I mean, I couldn't believe it when it happened. He's, his swing's so pretty. At the age of 11, I'm at, like, he's better than, he's better than anyone I know at golf, and he's 11 years old. I don't think he smiled once. Didn't. I don't think he, he, he hit mentality. the ball and, and turned around and just gave the thumbs up. He's like, I know that's good. Um, so, yeah, I'm big Charlie Woods guy. Dill, good? Yeah, we're good. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm all in on Charlie, man. Um, young stud coming out and showing what he's got. You know, 10 years to develop to bring you to 21 if we say 21's the age uh, to beat it. I don't know. There's many people that uh, are good at golf, but that kid going out on national television with that cockiness, with that uh, ability to just, you know, show up and do what you got to do, I'm all for it. And, and Cam, I don't know if there's anybody else out there who would even have a chance of getting there uh, younger than 21 besides the guy's son who holds the trophy right now. And I just looked it up. Tiger was 21 in three months. So I got Charlie at 20. 20 in, 20 in 11 months. Give it to him. Uh, Trey, what do you got going on? I, I, I agree 100%. Uh, the club twirling, the fist pumping. He's born from greatness. He's destined for greatness. Uh, I don't see anything in his game right now. I mean, that eagle was nuts. He just said, Tiger, let me put this in. I'm good. Um, so I 100% agree. He will be the youngest person to win a Masters. Alrighty. Not. Anybody who want, who's next? I'll go. So I, I'm sporting the old uh, Bruins jersey here. I'm a loyal fan of the Bees. We just heard yesterday that the NHL season is back. 2021, we're playing hockey, boys. We got new divisions, and we got an all-Canadian division, which is kind of cool. My take, obviously, centered around the Bees. The bees, are, pick. the bees are in the toughest division of the new alignment. We got the Capitals. We got everybody else in the East. I can't think right now on the spot. But it's been told that this is the toughest division in the league this year. The Bruins are without a captain. Zeno Chara, still not signed. I'm a loyal fan of Big Z, the 6'9", behemoth, 6'9". 12 on skates. I'm going to go out on a limb in here and say, if the Bees do not sign their heart and soul, their captain, they will not have a chance in this division. And people will hate on this take because they think Zdeno Char is old and slow and terrible in the defensive zone, which might be right. But he is the Boston Bruins. And without that player on your team, you will be a bad team. So I'm just going to say it, and I'm going to say it again. Zdeno Chara needs to be on the Bees, needs to be the captain of this team, or else they stink. I 100% agree. I've been a Zdeno Chara stand since the moment he got on the Bruins. I've gotten a lot of hate from some of our Bruins fans saying he stinks. Um, no, he is a guy that you need. hes I don't think he's that bad at defense. He's just so big that he gets in the way. Um, 100% agree. Keep, Z, keep Big Z in the captain spot. Keep him on the team. Uh, keep... Uh, Bergeron with that A on his chest, he'll be fine. They're hockey players. They don't get sentimental over that crap. We're not playing on the hardwood. Um, yeah, I agree. Tucker? Uh, I actually agree with this, too. I mean, 
outside of his hockey performance, he's a leader. He leads this team in all ways, and on such a young team as the Bruins are, you need that guy in the clubhouse. You need him all over to be a great team. Cam? Yeah, I don't watch much hockey, but I'll, let, let me let me I'll break it down it. for you. Yeah. Let me break it down for I, you. No, it's like saying are good. It's like saying that whatever team Frank Gore is on right now, that that team will stink because he won't be on the team. He's on the Jets. So imagine the Jets were really really good, <laughs> and Frank Gore is on the team, and if he's not on the team, they stink. Oh, Frank Gore is the best example. No, it is because Zidane Chara is bad. He's not he's very on the good. Jets. Yeah, yeah, but imagine they were on a really good like, team. Frank Gore is not a leader on his team. No. Oh, like when they were good. I mean, okay. I Just got, imagine I got the talent of saying. Frank Gore on a really good team. Without him, they'd stay. All right. Fair. I got Imagine you. Eli Manning. So what would you say to that? So when Eli was on the Giants, he was a leader, but they were still bad. So I don't know any comparisons, but I was agreeing with you from the start. I was yeah. just trying to <laughs> further the conversation. Yeah, no, I got you. Sure. Haters are going to hate Big Z all the way. Tucker? Tucker. Wrap her up. Huh. Put a bow on her. So, I was looking at the NFL playoff picture. Without the Patriots in it, I need a new fighting interest in this. And um, with the Chiefs losing both Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell last game, not sure how long either of them out for, but let's just say their season-ending injuries, <laughs> just for my take's purpose. Didn't have enough time to think of a take because Trey kind of just put this on us. It's on me. Um, so, I've decided that I have a new fighting interest, and I believe they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. This team's looked great recently. Their quarterback ramped up his play to a whole new level. Their running backs are incredible. Their defense looks decent at times. <laughs> I know what it is. So, I have now decided that the Cleveland Browns will win the Super Bowl <laughs> this year due to the fact that their dog died. That was their mascot, which was which is what cursed them this entire time. I'll take questions at this time. Uh, I disagree. Chiefs are a wagon still. Um, can't root for the they Chiefs, don't, though. I'm not rooting for them. I'm rooting for the Saints. But uh, the Chiefs are a wagon. They'll win the Super Bowl. They don't need running backs. They have possibly Tickler File, maybe the best quarterback of all time the at ball. some point. Um, so, no, I'm going Chiefs still, uh, Dill. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, man, the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah I'm aware. The Brown, I mean, we'll bring it back the dog take. I mean, that wasn't listed on one of our nominations, but the dog take bringing us back to, like, week 10. What was the dog take? I remember. That was, it was around week 10 because we were in Frankie Memorial Studio. Rest in peace. But what was the take? Uh, was that, that the, the Browns will be good because their dog died because Swagger died. And Swagger was the one cursing their team this entire time. So we're still on the Swagger take train. Swagger. I mean, I'm all in on the Swagger the take, because if that comes through, we might have to, you know, change the game of the awards here. Absolutely. So, I mean, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, but that dog was a dog. Exactly. And he was a curse. Exactly. So I'm all on the Browns train. Thank you. They're playing for Swagger. It's true, 100. percent But they're playing for him, not against him, which is they're playing tough. for no, him. They're playing they for cursed, Swagger. He cursed the team, but they still loved him. Right. And Stefanski, uh, I I I read somewhere in my own mind that Stefanski had a really good relationship with Swagger, and he stepped up his game. Stefanski so. wasn't. No, nope. he, he had a good coach. relationship with him anyway. He was no, he was, knew him. The dog was that was dead his dog. Time his, his dog in the past. 
So, um, Stefanski, first year coach, uh, high, high praise, probably going to be the, uh, the coach, coach of the, the year. year. But, um, listen, at the end of the day, you cannot mistake the Browns for anything that they are not. Frauds. They are the Cleveland Browns. They will always be the Cleveland Browns. The Texans have waltzed into the playoffs before as a team that, you know, looked decent and, you know, people thought, okay, maybe they have a chance. They went up big on the Chiefs. The Browns are going to brown it up. Maybe if they make the playoffs, they will win a game. They will go no further than that. There we go. Um, so I think the Browns um, really wish they, they did not beat the Giants last night, but uh, no Browns for me. All righty. Everybody up. Everybody to the podium. Uh couple thank yous. Thank you to the Heritage House for hosting us so many times. Thank you to Tucker for hosting. Thank you for Cam for hosting our draft episode. True. Thank you to our loyal listeners. Thank you to our studio audience, John and Ben. Thank you guys for coming. Dylan for um, the uh, computer. Dylan for running the computers. By the way, i got to switch over the money thing to one of you soon because I've been doing it for like four months now. Trey for running the social media as well as hosting a lot of our episodes. Thank you. Every uh, episode. I ran it for the first month. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for getting wasted with us for a year. Uh, get look forward to another year of trying to figure out who's the best taker. Tucker, you're gonna go for back for back to back, back to we'll back, see. baby. Alrighty, that's wasted takes, and uh, we'll see you next week. After party at Cam's house. Not true.